Welcome to the Sermon Podcast of St. Matthias Anglican Church in Katy, Texas. Today's sermon was delivered by Father Jason Grote. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be always acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our strength and our Redeemer. Amen. Please be seated. Last night, I think I heard something for the first time that I thought I would never hear in my life. My son came to me and he asked me how long our service would be tonight. He knew that we'd be doing the abbreviated lessons and carols followed by Holy Communion. And so he started doing the calculations and he said, well, the first part will take like 20 minutes, right? And then communion is like, what, uh, an hour or something? And I said, well, lessons and carols is usually about 30 minutes. And then communion is normally an hour and 15 minutes or so, depending on how many people we have to serve with communion. So all in all, it'll be about an hour and 45 minutes. And we should be done between 9.15 and 9.30. And then afterwards, we'll have fellowship and refreshments And expecting to hear a typical teenager sigh of, that's going to be so long, I heard for the first time something extraordinary. He said, awesome. And wondering inside why there was such an exclamation of joy, I listened as as he continued, I'm so excited for Christmas. And the time's going to go so slow tomorrow, and the longer that the service is, the faster the time is going to go by. (laughs) Now, that may not be the best motivation, (laughs) but there is a certain logic to it. (laughs) Waiting for something can be some of the most excruciating moments. I mean, I'm sure my wife, who had to work a half a day today, can attest that when you know something is right there, right around the corner, that each hour, each minute, seems to drag on. And the thing that you desire seems to be so distant, so far away. And as I thought about that statement of my son or my wife at work this morning while I sat at home typing this sermon out, I couldn't help but think of one particular person in tonight's celebration. And it's not Jesus, per se. The person that comes to mind and the story that I wish for us to think about this evening is Mary, the mother of Christ. Mary didn't wait for just a few hours. She didn't wait for just a couple of weeks, but she waited nine months. Nine months to give birth to Jesus. Any parent knows what that nine months is like. Some days you think about it. Some days you're preparing for the upcoming birth. And some days you just can't seem to wait for it to arrive. And of course, at the end, every mother can attest to this. You're thinking, just get this baby out of me. And I'm sure that Mary had some of those thoughts. But there's something more with Mary. Because Mary wasn't just having any baby. There was something much greater at play here, and Mary knew it. And that is where my mind went in my preparations and where I want us to look this evening. To the story of Mary leading up to the birth of Jesus that we celebrate this evening. And her response to the whole thing. If you happen to have your Bibles, you can open with me to Luke chapter 1. 
And if we remember our Bible stories, we remember that the angel Gabriel comes to Mary and he announces to her what is to come. We heard it read tonight during Lessons and Carols. But permit me to reread a portion of it to you. Luke chapter 1, beginning at the 26th verse. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. And having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one. The Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. But when she saw him, she was troubled at his saying and considered what manner of greeting this was. It's probable that Luke learned of this story, not as a direct revelation from God, but from Mary herself. Or from other apostles who had heard it from Mary herself. Thus it's most likely a a first-hand personal testimony of Mary. With Mary expressing her own thoughts and her own feelings in that moment. And notice how she expresses it. She was troubled at his saying. And considered what manner of greeting or salutation this was. And I love how there's no expression of fear... Because there's an angel standing in front of her. There's no OMG moment. No mention that something out of this world is happening. And that's probably because angels didn't always appear as winged creatures like seraphim or cherubim. They weren't clad in white robes with glittery halos above their heads like most Christmas plays portray them. They were messengers of God. And they often appeared in the appearance of men throughout scripture. And so Mary wasn't troubled at the appearance of Gabriel, yet she says that she was troubled at his greeting, with his words to and about her. Why would this man come and say something like, you are favored of God. You are most blessed of all women. Mary was but yet a young maiden. Her age, we don't really know, but most likely she was a teenager. Her family? Well, nothing is said which would suggest they were a prominent family in the land, which would warrant such favor. Her future husband? Again, nothing special is said about his family or their prominence. So why would this messenger of the Lord greet her in such a way? Well, let's continue reading verses 30 to 33. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and he shall call his name Jesus. And he will be great and will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? I mean, what a promise to Mary. But again, Mary's response is kind of interesting. She's not shocked by Gabriel speaking to her at first, but more about his words of greeting. And now she's not flabbergasted by this promise of who and what her child should be. She doesn't seem to be taken aback by the fact that her child will be called the son of the highest. And that he will somehow be that long-awaited king of David's lineage which was a hope that lasted for nearly 600 years, 
since Zedekiah, the last king that the Jews had had before Jesus. Mary's response wasn't on who the child should or would be, but on how can this be? Because I haven't known a man. In other words, she hasn't had the physical relationship with Joseph or any other man that would produce a pregnancy. This was a virtual impossibility for her. And her wedding wasn't yet scheduled. So if it were to be true, if it were, or if it would be, if it was to be true, it would be a far off, thinking that Joseph would be the father of this child. But Gabriel responds in verses, in verse 35. And the angel answered and said to her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also that holy one who is to be born will be called the son of God. The Holy Spirit would somehow, in some way, conceive a child in Mary such that the child would be fully and naturally human as having Mary, his mother, and yet fully and naturally God as having not an earthly father, but the divine. I mean, it's mind-boggling. It's almost unrealistic. It's almost insane. Yet Mary responds in short form again, in a way that I don't think any of us would. There's no questions as to how this could work. There was no trying to figure it out. There was no, hold on a second, Gabriel, let's talk about this. Mary simply says in verse 38, those words which almost every believer who knows their Christmas story has heard. Behold, the maidservant of the Lord, be it unto me according to your word. These words don't mean that Mary understood it all. They don't mean that she didn't have questions. They don't mean that she wasn't bewildered by this. I mean, Mary was a ponderer. She pondered things in her heart, as the scriptures say many times over. But what it does mean is that Mary believed it, Mary accepted it, and Mary patiently waited upon the fulfillment of it. Elizabeth, her cousin, would say to her, Blessed is she who believed, for there will be a fulfillment of those things which were told her from the Lord. Despite the entire absurdity of the whole situation, Mary waited on the Lord, awaiting God's will to be accomplished through her. Awaiting the time when her pregnancy would happen. Awaiting the day that we celebrate tonight. Tonight we look back and celebrate that belief of Mary and that birth of her son, Jesus Christ. And she faithfully waited for it to come. As she faithfully waited for it to come, we again celebrate that he did come. As Mary faithfully embraced and awaited that promise, so we celebrate the fulfillment of that promise. But at the same time, we also remember that the Holy One, humbly born in that manger, is the same one who would go from the manger to the cross. And he's the same one who would go from the cross to the grave. And he's the same one who would rise from the grave and ascend to his throne in heaven. He is, as Gabriel said, the mighty one, the son of God. He is, as Isaiah said, the prince of peace, the great and glorious light that shone bright amidst the gross darkness. As he came once in great humility, so shall he come again in his glorious majesty to judge the quick and the dead. So while we celebrate his first coming and we await his coming again, we must follow that example and response of Mary 
to faithfully embrace the will of God, to patiently await his coming and the fulfillment of all his promises. Beloved, may the grace of God's presence in salvation tonight in the birth of Christ be such that we would give our lives unconditionally to him, that we would worship him always and in all ways, and that we would serve him as Mary did. May the call of the incarnation be such that we would faithfully embrace his will for us and daily proclaim with the words and response of the Blessed Mother, be it unto me according to your word. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. We pray that God's Spirit has spoken to you and blessed you today through this sermon. If you would like to learn more about St. Matthias Anglican Church, you can visit us on the web at www.stmkaty.org.